Hello, everyone. I am your host, sci-fi author Crystal Storm. Tonight, we welcome back to the show best-selling author Whitney Hill. Whitney is someone who lives their life loud and authentically. In part one of my interview with Whitney, we discussed her spirituality, witchcraft, and astrology practice. Tonight, we'll dive into Whitney's other passion, writing. She is the best-selling author of the Shadows of Other Side contemporary fantasy series, and she's an indie author. Whitney published the book through her publishing imprint, and she has been on the cover of Writer's Digest magazine. Let's take a deep dive into what it really means to be an indie author in today's landscape, why she chose to be an indie publisher, and what's next in her book series. Come, take a peek inside crystals imagination now that we're on the right channel and if you're listening to this as a podcast you have no idea what i'm talking about that's why you should come hang out with us live so you get all the live the <laughs> whatever mercury's retrograde i don't care uh, <laughs> welcome everybody to crystals imagination podcast episode five i am your host sci-fi author crystal store and tonight i am joined by a very special guest a woman who is my friend i have claimed her it's we're gonna like collect her into our D group we've just pulled whitney into all the shenanigans um whitney hill whitney is a best selling uh contemporary fantasy author we had whitney on the show before we liked her so much that we invited her back uh she is here to talk about living life authentically again um, and Whitney is someone who absolutely does live her life authentically and loud, and I love that. When we had her on before, she talked about her spirituality and astrology and witchcraft, and it was just a really great, enlightening discussion. I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to that archive. And tonight, we're going to talk with Whitney about her books. I have the first one. I feel like such a fangirl right now. It's awesome. That's the one that's coming out. If you're watching this on YouTube or watching it live, you can see it's holding up book covers. If you listen to the podcast, you can't see it. See why you should watch? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Whitney is a best-selling indie author. So tonight we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into being an indie author and writing and and publishing and you know piss some people off and and hopefully educate some people about you know what the realities of it all are. So Whitney, you know, welcome. Thanks for being back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you're saying that you're claiming me as a friend. I'm claiming you. So you know, just to be clear on how that works. One hundred percent. I'm down with this. <laughs> That is all. So Whitney, you know, let's let's jump right into to your book series. Pitch the hell out of this. Let's let's talk about it because I'm not done with Elemental, um, but I am enjoying it. So let's I, don't 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 yell at me. I'm not done yet. But <laughs> I'm reading it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, so it's um the first book is about you know this this really sheltered um, supernatural private investigator. She's kind of been kept in a box her whole life. She doesn't really know much about herself, let alone anyone else. Um, and one day, somebody that she knows is an enemy walks into her office and hires her, you know, not really realizing who or what she is or, or just anything about her. And um, she's got to take this case so that she can protect herself, and it leads her down this road to, you know, discovering her own strength, discovering her own powers. And then over the course of the series, um, we see as she kind of develops into this badass where she was, you know, initially very scared and not sure of her place and didn't really have anybody around her. Um, we watch her kind of grow into that. And I like to think of it as like a growth journey. Um, this is not, you know, a story where, where somebody comes in and is kicking ass from, you know, the first minute. They have right. their strengths. They think they know their strengths. Um but there's so much in all of us that we can grow into when we break out of our boxes. And I wanted to explore that. 
that fits so much with the theme of the show too. So I, I absolutely love that. So let's let's talk about first. You know, what, you know, we, we last talked to you. We were talking about how you got into you know your astrology and your witchcraft and your witchcraft um, and your spirituality and kind of you know your journey and all of that. So where did where did writing fall into fall into all of that? Were you? I mean, did you start in like grade school writing ridiculous stories like I did, or like how did it how did it evolve? Yeah. So I mean, I did actually start in grade school. I think a lot of writers have this story about, oh, I started in childhood. I was writing since I was a child. Yeah. Um, also true for me. Um, for me, it was a way to put myself in a story or see myself in a story where I wasn't represented. Um, I was a big like fantasy fan. I loved, um, we were talking on Twitter, Baldur's Gate 2 mm-hmm. was like- Whitney's I, also a big I, geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many hundreds of hours I played Baldur's Gate 2, and it was always frustrating to me that the only dark-skinned character I could play was a drow, um, who was quite literally, you know, black-skinned, not my brown. Right. Um, and they're so frequently portrayed as evil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or if we turn to Star Wars, I, I was the biggest Star Wars geek as a fifth grader. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When they released everything, and you know, I can still read the alphabet and you know all that kind of geekery. Love it, love it. But I never saw black women in kind of leading roles in these kind of films. Lord of the Rings, no black women leading roles. So writing fiction as a kid was a way for me to do that. Um, And I do think you see kind of people taking two paths when they're um, marginalized creators. They either create with the majority group as the mm-hmm. main character mm-hmm. or they create with themselves somebody looking like themselves somebody sharing their story yeah. that was the latter because like i said i wanted to be the hero of a fantasy story um yeah i stopped for a really long time because i got to high school and university and somehow thought that it wasn't a real job to write <laughs> Did you have um, so, one of those moms? Did you have one of those moms? I don't want to call out moms because I know they can be so very supportive <laughs> after the fact, but you know they always like that's a good idea. But <laughs> no, actually, no, my mom, my mom, and my dad both have just been so supportive, like always in that's awesome. do what you love, do what you do, what you're yeah. passionate about. This was a thing that I did to myself. Oh wow! Where I took in ideas about what was success and what did it look like and what was a successful person doing. Mm-hmm. And I just completely turned away from anything creative. And it was, you know, obviously a real shame because coming back to it like later, like what could I have done if I had been working in my craft in that time? Um, right. But yeah, I went and pursued politics degree, a political science degree and a business, three business degrees. And then thought I was living my life and then it all fell apart. And, um, you know, turned back to writing to process that and kept going. So yeah. yeah, childhood break. And then now. Love it. Love it. We we were initially uh, talking about doing this. You mentioned about how astrology played a little bit of a factor into you getting into writing. Please tell me that story because I've been dying to hear it. <laughs> it got, in, got into me self-publishing and I had been writing for about a year and a half by the time, I should say, I'd been writing this story. I'd been writing Elemental for about a year and a half at the time that I got my first um, astrology reading. Mm-hmm. An amazing astrologer, Sam Reynolds. He's just fantastic. Um, I've studied with him since. Um, but he was looking at my chart and, you know, I was, I, one of the things I'd asked him was like, what, what the hell should I be doing with my life? Because right. I hated my day job. Um, 
and, and like I needed something else. I needed something that was for me. Right. And one of the first things he said was, have you ever considered self-publishing? And I was like, funny you should say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time I had been querying um, Elemental for six or eight months, um, getting the usual, you know, here's a like partial or full request, but um, agents were coming back on that and saying, um, this is very well written, but we don't have a place for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, how many times can you hear that before saying, well, wait a minute, if it's well written, why isn't there a place for it? And, you know, as a marketer, I know that there are reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not agree with them. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Don't worry. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into but, that. Um, you know, I, and I started, I had already been thinking, you know, what if I did this myself? I had written a, uh, a novella that I just like, well, let's, you know, see what the self-published thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sam was like, yeah, have you, have you thought about self-publishing? Because you've got this and this and this. And I was like, well, that's, yeah, let's lean into that. Um, right, and that, right. I think it was a couple of weeks later, I got another no, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, let's just commit. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, so you are, I mean, you are a marketer. So, I, you know, I feel like you were coming at this from, from an angle that a lot of other authors don't. There has been, and it's slowly changing, but even I still see it kind of on Twitter because I feel like the majority of the writing community, I would say on Twitter is looking for that agent. They're looking for that traditional publisher. So even as popular as indie, being an indie author is becoming, um, a lot of authors are still choosing to go down that you know, that sort of traditional path, there seems to be, you know, still that kind of, well, if you, you know, you self publish your book, it's not as good as and it's because mm-hmm. you got rejected and that sort of thing. Did you go through any of that when you first released Elemental? Because Elemental did great. Actually, yeah. you kind of hit it out of the park with that one. Yeah, no. And thank you. Yeah, Elemental's fantastic. I'm really proud that I did pass through a phase where I was like, Oh my god, I've failed, you know, because because there's there's this thing where it, it's held up as traditional publishing is the holy grail. It's the only way to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I had been to DragonCon in 2018 and it's like been to a panel that was all self-published, you know, indie authors who were making a killing, you know, t- um, like ten grand a month, some of yeah. them, on self-published books. So. Yeah. I had at that point something to balance it out. I had seen people, you know, discussing, here's how you do it, or actually I'm more successful than I would have been or might have been as a traditionally published author. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is just dealing with, I think, the external perception from mm-hmm. that point on, which is the quality thing that you'd noted. Right. And we do unfortunately run into a lot of poor quality self-published books yeah that's not to say that there are no poor quality traditionally published books i've seen some that were not well written not well <coughs> 50 shades of gray <coughs> sorry thank you said. <laughs> oh, trash oh <coughs> so trash I, I, don't, I don't like calling out specific books but no i'll call that one out on this show all fucking day fuck that novel that, fuck all of that fuck that, all of that nonsense that was the one that told me that um Honestly, it doesn't really matter how you publish. It's what goes into the publishing process and what goes mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. getting that book done. And if I am somebody who I know is detail oriented, who I know gives a shit about what I'm producing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, I'm coming from a marketing background. I'm coming from, um, you know, this very corporate content production background. Yeah. 
I, I know how to evaluate things like covers and copy and right. just all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that definitely gave you a leg up that a lot of that a lot of other indie authors don't have and have to learn. Like, you know, myself included, like I, you know, I went into indie publishing because I'm a control freak. I'm just be straight up, you know, everything that I researched about traditional publishing said, you know, even if I did get picked up, I'm still doing 90% of the work and they're taking some of my money. And I'm always like, but why though? You yeah. know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do all the fucking work then I'm going to make all the fucking money plus my book, my way. So, I mean, you know, and, and even then, like, I, that's why I've hired you. There's still this, this huge hurdle that, you know, some people just don't have that marketing mindset and it can be really hard for indie authors to to find a marketer um so let's yeah let's kind of talk about that a little bit because i find it really interesting that you you know you got two rejections off your book then you put it out into the market you go best oh, no i got i got dozens of rejections oh goes so my bad yeah you got okay so you went through the whole author rejection process right but then you say all right fuck it i'm gonna do it my way you put it out into the market you find your audience you go bestseller you win a writer's digest award for it you get put on the cover of writer's digest so as a marketer kind of what does that say to you versus like how like traditional publishers look at thing versus how maybe you looked at it yeah because you so that found was, that audience for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, and that's that, I think, gets to the heart of one of my biggest concerns or, or problems, I'll be honest, with traditional mm -hmm. publishing mm -hmm. is, you know, if we look at the Lee and Lowe surveys, their, their diversity surveys, they've done, I think, two now, um, spaced four years apart. The publishing industry is very homogenous. It's very white. It's very cis. It's very abled. It's very straight. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just, when you're surrounding yourself, and this is something I learned as usually, in fact, I think always the only person of color in the marketing department or the only black woman in the marketing department at every job. And I've, I've been in 10 corporate jobs. Um, I'm so sorry. When you're, yeah, well, <laughs> I've been in one and I was just like, can't do it. <laughs> Um, but when you're when you're constantly surrounded by only people like you, mm -hmm. you think that those people are the only audience. Mm -hmm. And it, the number of just I mean, corporate publishing anything, if you're never getting these outside perspectives, if you're never getting diverse perspectives, if you're never, and it's you're just not going to see it. And it's as simple as going to um, to Kalytics mm -hmm. and saying, okay, what's selling? You know, I was told um, we don't want this book because it has vampires in it and vampires aren't selling. <laughs> well, two months after I got that feedback, they signed Stephanie Meyer's next vampire book. And I'm looking at Kalytics. Vampires are a whole hot niche on Kalytics. Right. <laughs> vampires will never not be a hot niche. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, come on. Like, come on. If there's if there are certain tropes that everybody's going to fucking read, if you put out a vampire story, you got to really fucking suck for that not to sell. Right? And, that, you know, and that's the thing. And I almost think it comes down to... Um, it, it's it's a money question. Mm -hmm. They don't see the money in it, or they don't see as much money, or they don't know how to position it to, to people who aren't like them. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, well, wait a minute, I'm here on the ground. If you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to all different kind of people. The book connects with all different kind of people. It's not just black yeah. people because there's a black girl on the cover. It's not just white people because it's fantasy. Whatever kind of strangeness is assumed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think again, you know, we were talking about breaking out of that box that's how you have to be thinking in order to market a book. And for better or worse, 
from what I've seen, I don't have any traditional publishing experience, but from what I've seen, it just looks like publishing is slower than indie right now to do mm -hmm. that. Yeah, uh, it absolutely is. And that kind of, I mean, I feel like your story is, is just one of, of many that I've kind of heard and seen when it comes to the success of, of indie published books that do find success. Um, is that, you know, and I feel like a lot of entertainment markets have that problem because we see it in gaming. We see it in, God, in our entertainment as well. It's like all of a sudden the gatekeepers are just now, and this is so fucking ridiculous to me that the gatekeepers are just now realizing like, oh my God, we could put a woman in the lead role and women would go see the movie or, oh my God, we could have somebody but a white guy in this fucking movie and somebody would go. It's like they just didn't recognize that the whole other half of the population spent money. Well, and, and that like, just blows my mind. <laughs> so I, used, I don't know if you know, I used to work in video games and okay. I was kind of, again, the lone black woman. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was assigned to the girl games. Um, <laughs> I was the one in the room saying, no, we should not have um, football, uh, soccer players with, you know, chest out to here because that's not, they're, they're not augmented porn stars. Right. Soccer players. <laughs> We're focusing on the athlete. We're focusing on the sport, not right. on how big their tits are. <laughs> right, so, right. So you know, and, and it's it's been a battle I've been watching develop for literally ten years. That's um, insane to me. Just in my experience, so yeah. for them to still be coming to these realizations is just y'all got to catch up sooner or later. Yeah, and and even from like, I mean, even you said, I mean, something that you said struck home. I mean, you mentioned, you know, money, but then you mentioned them not knowing how to market it. And I feel like it's not a money thing. It's a, you don't know how to make the money off of it. You yeah. literally don't have anybody in the room that doesn't look like you to say, hey, there is money in this market. You could be making a ton of money off this other genre, you know, author, whatever. You just don't know how to fucking do that. Which is, it's 2021, and that is insane to me right now. Yeah. Well, and they don't know how to make the money. They don't know how to reach out. Um, if we look at bookstagrammers, mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen anyone, any who are, are, you know, people of color with more than a few thousand followers. All of the ones who have the, you know, the big follower counts mm -hmm. are white yeah. or white passing. Yeah. And when, you know, and I know this from being a marketing director, when I... Hang on, Whitney. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for just a second because you you broke up for a second, and I want to make sure we don't miss any of this good juju. Wait for your internet to come back. Okay. Yes. Please continue. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. No worries. So, yeah. I mean, if we're looking at bookstagrammers and mm -hmm. um, we're looking at the follower accounts, yeah, those with the bigger follower accounts do tend to be white or white passing. Right. Um, I've worked with several, you know, uh, Instagrammers, bookstagrammers who are people of color they usually only have a few thousand followers. So mm -hmm. if I'm a marketing director and I have been a marketing director and I'm looking at, you know, value for money, my first thought is, oh, well, the people with more followers are the ones who are going to, you know, get me more bang for my buck. Mm -hmm. What that's missing is if we're never, you know, providing opportunities to these other people who are just as good, but have never had opportunities, who've never received free book boxes, who have never received free promos to right. reach this new audience that we haven't tapped, Right. We get this never-ending cycle. Yeah. Self-perpetuating. Yeah. It, it, it just feels like, I mean, I know that this is whole saying that if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I feel like we're, 
you know, in the, and I love that the conversation is slowly shifting, but it seems so fucking slow and just so fraught still with like this pushback. And I don't understand the pushback because diversifying this landscape only leads to more money. You find more creators. It's more entertainment value. It's literally this big win-win, but people fight it. And I don't understand that. Whitney's internet is trashing. It's cracked, but it's she's at least frozen on a really amazing facial expression. Wait, not <laughs> a, so it's fine. So it's totally fine that her internet froze for a second. <laughs> yes, you're back. <laughs> Mercury retrograde. We've got a crisis going on. It's, it's fine. Right. It's it's crazy right now. Fine. Yeah, I'm surprised we're even live at all. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> so I mean, there were two studies. I think there was one I saw today that was published four days ago. There's one that was published a few months ago. Um, racism is costing at least the United States billions per year. People will happily leave money on the table to be racist. These are academic studies. It is proven people would rather be racist than make money. This is why the aliens won't fucking talk to us. This is fucking why. <laughs> this is why they leave crop circles instead of send messages. This is because we are fucking dumb. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that's what it comes down to. Um, what do people want most? And I... I I dare say it's not money it's status and power and mm -hmm. control over who gets to have money yeah you know who gets to tell the story because right. there's there's another stat out there i think it's more than 50 percent of books about black characters are not written by black people we're yeah. not we're not able to tell our own stories so confluence of money and representation and um you know just flat out racism and i'm not saying that that mm -hmm. is the only why you know certain people are in a room i'm not saying right. that at all right is an element of hard luck there's an element of telling a good story that everyone has to do but right. i think we can't quite turn away from this idea i mean like i said two studies just in the last few months right. showing that people are happy to do this that's that's just crazy. That's absolutely crazy for me. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to dive into uh, what Whitney thinks that indie authors really need to start doing uh, to to really tap into this market of success and to be successful um, and the level of quality that needs to be put out. We'll talk a lot about um, her imagination and her elemental series, which is awesome. Uh, there's a lady in the chat named Shelly Whitney, by the way, who read your book and said she loved it. Absolutely oh, loved it. Jelly. Yeah, you got a fan in the chat. It's awesome. And uh, so we're going to take this quick break. We'll be right back. Stand up, stretch, twerk, but not on Twitch. That's it. I'm just, we're going on break. We're just going on break. <laughs> Finch, without realizing who or what she is, Arden risks everything to claim her forbidden elemental magic. This hard-boiled private eye will have to save herself before she can save the world, even as the gods and her own community stand against her. Set in a supernatural North Carolina, Elemental is book one in a diverse new urban fantasy series. Kirkus Reviews called Elemental a genuine page-turner and gave the sequel, Eldritch Sparks, a starred review. Find Elemental at your favorite bookstore or save 10% when you buy directly from the author with code IMAGINATION10 at whwrites.com shop until July 31st, 2021.
Hey guys, this is Mikey Flash from Speed Force Music. Do you need custom music for your podcast, YouTube show, or any other project? Then look no further than Speed Force Music. We have a library of royalty-free music ready to go in your show right now. Or if you'd prefer, we can also custom craft music directly to your specifications. So for your next project, look no further than Speed Force Music. We are on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash speedforce-music. Or you can find us on YouTube under Speed Force Music. Let us custom craft a song directly for you. Thank you for listening to Crystal's Imagination Podcast. If you want to listen to a podcast similar, let me recommend the Delvin Cox Experience. A podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. Each episode, I interview a different guest trying to find out what makes them tick. I've had guests on such as James Gabsey, Crystal Storm, and many others. So, after you get through listening to all the Crystal's podcasts, check out the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. Peace. Hello, Crystal's Imagination fans. Enjoy this sneak peek from the sci-fi novel, Sonarchy, The Duology. The images crash to the surface of Vasco's consciousness and brought with them the vortex of two powerful emotions. They welled up in his chest, slamming into his gut, his groin, a raging heat spreading through his limbs like a wildfire. Something else controlled it. Jealousy. Lust. Something else surrounded the light and dark, using them as they were meant to. Vasco's vision narrowed in, showing him the inside of the back of the car. The transition of time revealed itself in clarity. Snow fell around them, lightly coating the private runway. Vasco heard her asking Stefano about his first wife. Then she said something Vasco knew Stefano never expected to hear. Even caught off guard, the response came naturally. Would you want to marry me one day? I already would. Then do it. Marry me. It was the one thing everyone envied, yet never truly understood about those two. How they could possibly love one another so much. After a moment of lingering in the aftertaste, Vasco recoiled. Suddenly and violently, he was yanked from that memory and shoved into the next, some unseen force propelling him further into his mind. It grinded to a halt just as the jagged blade sliced open the skin on Stefano's back. Blood oozed from the wound, staining his dirty, sweat-laden flesh. His torturer picked up a bottle cap and shoved it into the open wound, twisting and digging the surprisingly ragged edges into the soft tissue. Vasco realized once more he'd slipped into the role of Stefano Terenzio and he was both participant and viewer as Stefano's fists clenched and strained against the metal chains that kept him prisoner. Another cut, another shove, and it kept going until his entire back was aflame, his nerve endings writhing in agony as he struggled to bear it in silence. I hope you enjoyed this sneak peek of Sonarchy the Duology. Fans of The Godfather and Stargate will enjoy this mobster versus alien sci-fi conspiracy thriller filled with secret societies and the metaphysical wonders that underpin our reality. Get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Scribd, or go right to the author's website, crystalsimagination.com backslash Sonarchy the Duology. Again. 
What's up, you guys? We are back live with special guest Whitney Hill, uh, author of Shadows of Other Side, a contemporary fantasy series. I am holding up book one. Whitney is holding up the this this you can pre-order that right now. The uh oh, that's number four. Number four in the series that you can pre-order right now. Make sure you go to her website. Whitney, what's your website? Pimp your website. WhitneyHillWrites.com. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so let's uh Whitney, let's talk about um what you think um indie authors need to be doing right now to be successful. Uh because and I bring this up too because there was there was a, a thread on Twitter. And I don't remember what author did this, but uh a pretty popular author on Twitter had a lot of followers, made the comment that um when people are critiquing um the publishing industry itself uh people who chime in and say self-publishing they're not helping the conversation um and i thought that was and i felt like that was fair and not fair but i get what she was saying my concern was when i when i scrolled down and i read those comments of authors it was a bunch of authors who didn't want to learn the business of being an author and that's why they were going the traditional route. It's, I don't want to know about marketing. I don't want to know about cover art. I don't want to know about anything. I just want to write the damn thing and send it to someone and collect a check. Um, so us indie authors know what the life is like. Uh, and, you know, people still have this idea, I think, that to be an indie author, you have to spend a bazillion dollars. And I feel like, you know, when it, the self-publishing movement first started, there was all these vanity presses that were just robbing people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's it, what's the reality of it today? So a few different things. I first want to back up and address this whole thing of um, the person saying like, oh, well, you should just self-publish. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of where we get that kind of quality issue is people dumping their quote unquote failed books into self-publishing. Mm -hmm. um, and let's be straight, like that was, that was more or less what I did with Elemental. It didn't succeed being queried. So I was like, let me self-publish. The right. difference there is the mindset. And I think you nailed it when you said it is a business. You know, I've got a triple master's in business management and marketing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, I came to it from that mindset, mm -hmm. not from the mindset of, well, I don't know what else to do with it. So I'm just going to dump it into self public Like, no, it right. was a business decision. And I think that is the foundation of what anybody who wants to go into indie publishing needs to be doing is thinking of this as a business. Um, and I want to pause right there before you, before you go any deeper. I don't mean to rip on a pause right there. Would you also say that traditional authors also need to have that mindset absolutely okay absolutely and that was that's kind of like a second mm -hmm. part of that is as soon as you decide you are going to sell your work as a creative as a writer as a content creator whatever you're doing you are a business person mm -hmm. now you can choose how much of that business you want to undertake yourself you don't have to do all the accounting if you hire an accountant. You don't have to do all the marketing if you hire a marketer. Mm -hmm. You should have some kind of understanding of what the business is about, what your role in it is, how much you can do, how much you want to do, what you don't want to do, um, regardless of which path you're taking. Because as you so aptly pointed out at the beginning, you know, if you were going to have to do 90% of your own marketing as a, self, as a traditionally published author anyway, mm -hmm you know, why not sell it? And it's, that is the thing that we're finding. And it's the thing you find um, in threads by, by trad pub authors where they're saying like, yeah, you do have to do your own marketing now. It's not, you know, a default given that, that they're going to devote marketing dollars to you um, in any great amount. So 
yeah, to answer that question, absolutely, it's something that any author, anybody. So, and this is where I did, This is where this is my personal take. A mm -hmm. writer is somebody who is just writing and writing. You are a writer as soon as you sit down and write something. Mm -hmm. When you publish it, however you publish it, if you put it on AO, it makes me sad to see people saying, I'm an aspiring writer. Like, no, honey, you're writing. You're a writer. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you've published your fan fiction, you're an author. Like, <laughs> That's it. You did it. You did it. Congratulate yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It's when we take the step to seeing ourselves as business people that we can kind of become authorpreneurs, creativepreneurs, where we are, we are our own self-published business because you're not, you're not an employee of the publishing house. You're not like you are providing work by contract. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, my, my mom is, uh, she's a big, fan. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, yeah, no, you just, people just need to understand that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. My mom does contracts for a living. Um, and so I came from a very corporate America business background. So it, it, uh, I was reading, a, an article about how uh, Disney wasn't paying its authors anymore because any contracts that they picked up from Marvel, there's this whole problem with Disney not paying royalties. And I was reading the story of the guy who wrote uh, the star Wars books. And when he first got into this, uh, he started with a small publisher and there was nothing in his contracts about eBooks. But they, the small publisher was just like, I got you anyway, and they were giving him royalties. But then small publisher gets bought out by Del Rey. Del Rey looks at the contract and says, there's nothing in here about eBooks. So he stopped getting eBooks royalties because there was nothing in the contract. And I'm just, mm -hmm. and so that's what kind of terrified me about that thread was, you know, I mean, yes, there's so much work that indie authors have to do, but you traditionally publish authors. You know, I, I put up a post about this, that when you, the moment that a contract gets dropped in front of you, you either need to become the most savvy business person in the room or get somebody that is. And you need to understand well, that your book is intellectual property. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you dive into on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, your agent should be helping you with that if you're traditionally published. If they're not, then they need to be to somebody who's a contract lawyer who can help you with that. Absolutely. That, <laughs> That, that just like, yeah. I was just like, oh God, I'm going to throw up. You didn't what? There was a what? Like, uh. So, uh, yeah, Whitney, so now you talk about um, everything that you did business-wise to be, you know, like an indie published author. And, you know, I feel like maybe talk a little bit about like, you know, all your ideas for your work, because I feel like when authors sit down to write the book, they only think about the book and they don't realize what intellectual property is and everything they can do with it. Especially if you're an indie author, like your hands aren't tied. You can take this as far as you want it to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, one of my favorite things in terms of like, it's my IP, I'll do what I want. I've got a <laughs> Patreon account. <laughs> and I take, I, I write fan fiction of my own books and I post it on. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> we call it bonus content and it is stuff that is canonical to the world. It's stuff that like, oh, I was, you know, fleshing it out either as a, as a writing exercise to work through a, you know, writer's block or a plot twist. And it's just something, I think a lot of writers do it. We have something that we've either worked on or we cut it out of the story and set it aside. You can use that however you want. Mm-hmm. I use it, like I said, I make PDF and I put it on Patreon. Um, and then there's, you know, right now I'm only publishing paperback and ebook, but I own the rights. So if, if I decide I want to make audio, I can do that. Right. Um, there's so much flexibility with how you can use your work and, you know, what, what you can do with it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you see that indie authors need to be doing right now to be competitive in the marketplace? Building up their foundations. I see so many authors who just, and it's not even, it's not even that, you know, it's their fault, but they see people on Twitter, you know, posting by my book, by my book, by my book, but they haven't set up the foundation of, you know, here's my website where you can find me. Um, they haven't set up, you know, maybe a shop for themselves. They have set up their brand. Who are you as an author? What are you offering? What is your promise to your readers that you will do consistently if they stick with you? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't particularly think that people need to stick to a given genre. I think you can write whatever the hell you want, especially as you, as an indie author, mm -hmm. but you do need to clearly communicate what you are doing across all of, all of your platforms, all of your work, all of you, like everything. Who are you in a package? Um, and I think a lot of people who aren't marketers kind of look at marketing as something that's um, like you're selling out or it's a thing that you have to do in order to book. And it's like, that's I really me. would like, that's yes, me. it can be very <laughs> gross. It can be very gross. And I say that as a, you know, like I said, as a career marketer, I know some of the truly kind of up shit that you know google and all these advertisers are doing behind the scenes with your data mm -hmm. at the same time people can't buy a book they haven't heard of and if you if you're trying to launch this marketing program off the back of either a shaky foundation or no foundation no work on branding no work on a, a website to serve as your hub um no work on figuring out the market like what's the base word in marketing the market what right. product are you selling? Where are you placing it? How much does it cost? Mm -hmm. um, how are you going to promote it? Like very basic things, doing um, a SWOT. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you're not approaching the market as a business person, it's going to be so hard to launch something unless you get very lucky. A lot of indie authors just turned off the podcast because they didn't want to hear that shit because they don't want to market. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I just it's it it kind of breaks my heart in a way because there are a lot of good authors out there who struggle to get seen and it it is disheartening and it, you know I think especially when we see other people who maybe it seems like they've shot out of nowhere I'd be willing to bet that those people did the did the foundational work right. it hasn't been out of nowhere they've spent the last two years right. doing the foundational work before publishing anything I mean that's what I did started right. in 2018 with a website yeah it's only now you know elemental is selling and bestseller and awards and da 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 da, da. that's right. on the back of years of work the book started in in writing five years ago you know right so it's like start now for where you want to be in two years nice or five years or longer it's a long-term game everything about marketing is a long-term game if you want it to be faster, you have to pay to play. So if you don't want to spend the money, <laughs> you got to invest the time. There you go. That's it. That's it right there. Uh, how would you suggest that, what are some recommendations that you would suggest for authors to kind of dip their toes in it? Because I know, um, if, you know, if anybody's listening to this like me, you, you, you said all those things and your brain kind of just collapsed. You're like, 
Uh, I don't fucking know who my target audience is. Yeah, I could do a website, but like, you know, what do you mean? It's a it's a book. I don't know. It's a sci-fi book, so I should just target it to sci-fi readers. Like, what you talking about? Like, so let's. Yeah, <laughs> where can authors go that you would recommend? Because I mean, there's you could Google something. You can go to YouTube. You get it. Like, as a marketer, you know, where where could they go to get some solid information? Yeah, so there's a website that Google puts out, um, trends.google.com. Oh, hang on, you're breaking up again. Sorry. Yeah, I know, it's okay. Uh, trends.google.com and then the internet ate yep. the rest. <laughs> so if you, um, if you go there, you type in sci-fi books, you'll mm-hmm. get, you know, trends, um, anything like seasonality, countries where that's popular. So if you're trying to sell outside the United States, trying to globalize your audience, or if you're starting from outside the United States, you know, give you an idea of where you could go. Um, If you want to get really good, like, demographics information, Mm -hmm. this is where I'm like, you need your website, and you got to have Google Analytics. (laughs) What I've been saying, what have I been telling y'all? Anybody who's followed me for fucking years, years I've been screaming, authors, why'd your website suck? Authors, do you have a website? Hey, content creators, you got a fucking website? Everybody's like, no, okay, whatever. Whitney said it too, okay, see? And that's, you know, and that's (laughs) the thing, it's, the website isn't just where your shop lives, it's not just where your blog lives, it's not just where you have a contact form for people to say, hey, I saw you on so-and-so podcast, do you want to come on my podcast? Um, It's where you can gather data about your audience. So I can pull up my analytics and say, oh, my audience is 80% women and 20%, you know, 25 to 34. Presumably the people following you on Twitter, unless you're doing, hang on, hang on, I'm gonna pause you just a second. I'm gonna pause you right after you say, wait, okay, presumably that's awesome. I'm gonna screenshot that one, by the way. That's a great freeze frame right there. At least the freeze frames aren't with you, like looking like ridiculous. Like some of them are. Like this is another great one. You're just smiling. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. This is. You know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of diverge a little bit. Yeah. And and have a small rant on writers' lifts. Absolutely. These are the biggest gimmick, and they make me crazy. Like getting followers who aren't actually interested in what you do is not valuable. It's not. Aside from being annoying to other people who don't want to see writer's lists, writer's lists, whatever, all over the timeline, Mm -hmm. you're not finding people who would actually read your book. You're driving down your engagement rate, which tells Twitter that your work isn't worth showing. Don't... Don't jump in the writer's lips, please. Don't do it. I feel like the, that's what all that's. Uh, you know what? I, I was following that writing, and I and I, I don't want to I don't want to bash it too much because I know that the writing community, you know, tag and Twitter like they found you know great camaraderie with each other and that. But you go to that, and that's all it fucking is. It's just writer's lips, writer's lips, writer. Let's do a writer thing. And I'm just like, there is no readers in that fucking in that hashtag. Those aren't readers. Those are writers shutting out their book to other writers which means no one is listening to you (laughs) yeah and you know some of those writers are also readers you have some lovely beautiful people in the community absolutely who are happy to support other indie writers by buying their books yes so it's not you know it's not a complete wash however you're screwing your analytics you're screwing your engagement rate and you're not actually speaking to the bulk of the people who will buy and read your book so again like yes we try all these gimmicks and hacks and everything with marketing, 
but the best way to build it up long term is just to invest the time it's to create good content it's to you know regularly promote things other than yourself sounds counterintuitive nobody wants to hear you chatting about yourself all the damn time they don't Mm -hmm. if you are chatting about yourself you know it can't just be buy my book buy my book it should also be here's something useful for everyone else here's something entertaining here's something informative you know how are we providing value to the people that we follow because timelines are monetized this is monetized space I don't automatically follow back. I don't automatically, you know, engage with everything that's on my timeline because that's money. That space is money. And when we're putting out, you know, if you can shit post, if that's part of your brand, go for it. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and tell people they can't shit post. I shit post all the time. (laughs) But keep in mind who your audience is and whether you'll be able to use that information to inform your audience who's buying your book. Absolutely. This is such good info. Uh, uh, Whitney, as a marketer, are you taking new clients? I am. Yep. <laughs> yep, so yep, I yep. Have, um, I have my consulting agency, which is Benu Media, B-E-N-U. And uh, yeah, that's all over Twitter. That's Instagram. I've got a web. I've got a website, <laughs> which is BenuMedia.com. Yes. Yes, he says. Uh, I can attest that Whitney is a phenomenal uh, marketing mentor. Uh, she will, especially if your brain is like, zoom, zoom, and you just got all the creative ideas and really all you want to do is just fucking write your book, but you know that you need to understand marketing, go see Whitney. Listen to Whitney. Do what Whitney tells you to do. Just do it. Just fucking Thank just you. do what Whitney tells you to do. Um, Whitney, let's talk about your book. Let's talk about this elemental series where you know you started this idea from you just wanted to see someone that looked like you in a fantasy series Mm -hmm. yeah let's dive into this like why should all the people that are still listening that didn't just turn it off because they didn't want to they were (laughs) mad at you because you told them that they had to learn marketing uh let's talk about let's let's talk about this book and this series yeah so i mean basically like i said it's a journey, somebody who is trying to get out of a box. Um, it's a journey for me as well. And um, <laughs> I think the early drafts were very, <laughs> they were. Wait, you're cutting off and we're definitely going to get that in. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So hang on. No, we're definitely, we're definitely going to get that in. Cause anytime an author talks about how bad their early drafts were, I have to, that's the best part. That shit's always fun. So hang on. The early drafts were, go ahead again. Shit. <laughs> no, I mean, and it is, this is a, this is where I say like authors, regardless of how you're publishing, one of the things you really need is to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a blog post about that, but there's kind of three different ways. And one of those is just who are you and where are you on your journey? So when I started writing Elemental, I was in a really fucking shitty place in my life. Everything had just fallen apart. I'd walked away from everything, um, gotten divorced, changed countries, living with my parents again. I had no job. I had changing careers. I was trying to retrain. Everything was wrong. And I felt like everything was happening to me. Mm-hmm. And that was reflected in the character. Right. You know, it all my editing. So those 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 first drafts were pretty much just therapy for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and that's I think that's really fine for authors to do. What I think is important is to find a good editor. So mine is Jenny Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And the feedback was Arden needs more agency. 
she mm. needs to decide what is happening, not just continually be pummeled by things, you know, happening to her. Right. What does she do? When does she take charge? When does she decide, you know, this is my motivation and this is why I'm doing something? Um, and I don't think it was until I got that feedback that I had realized, oh, wait, but that's how I feel about my own life as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like I said, the whole, everything about writing, everything about this series, everything about, like I said, writing in general is a journey and understanding where you're at and, you know, for me, processing things through that. Um, I think throughout this series, there's a lot of social justice themes that some reviewers mm -hmm. have noticed and pointed out. And they get a little louder as the series goes on. So if that's not your thing, then, you know, maybe steer clear. Um, if it is your thing, please read it. It's awesome. <laughs> but, read you know, it, it. and that's I think that's one of the awesome things about being indie is as so much was going on, you know, in summer of 2020 and everybody was just finally waking up. I was able to weave, this, you know, some of these themes into the book and make it timely for where we are now. Mm -hmm. now and I think um so just yeah just going on that journey <laughs> I, I love it when authors get excited and talk about their worlds and their books it just makes me it makes me so because I love doing that shit too so it just makes me so fucking happy now are you an organic writer or are you a plotter um uh both and also mm -hmm. a drunk writer <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I wrote my first book high as hell high as hell so i love that you're a drunk writer so go ahead <laughs> it was like back in like 2008 i wrote, I wrote that shit so fast the whole time <laughs> like hanging out my mouth typing like all all fucking yeah <laughs> i love it yeah i mean i'll i'll write an outline um it, and i just kind of do i do a typical like it's four act structure i'll plot out points every 12 and a half percent through the story um no more than 40 percent of the way through that outline gets destroyed i'll hit a point and go this isn't anywhere where i thought it was going this character's not doing this and, and they're not doing that and this is going to take way too much time to get there we throw and then it's just okay wherever the hell we're going that's where we're going um yeah and then at some point you know i'll put you know reverse outline which again is my editor jenny chappelle's like brilliant idea for people who like me just kind of lose themselves um you know sometimes if i'm really really stuck we have a bottle of wine and figure out what's going on <laughs> red or white just think red, not, red, not red or white endorsing that uh depends on the season love it okay Okay. 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 Uh, now these, these outlines that, uh, that you say that you, you start with and then you throw out halfway through, do you keep them and show them to like your Patreon fans? Please tell me you do. No, please tell, please no, tell me. No, I, I, I do them all by hand. So I do yeah. my outlining by hand and yeah, then, you, um, I, you need to scan them and make them a Patreon tier. So people can look at your outline and then read the book and go, well, that would have been interesting and then completely judge you on it. It'd be hilarious. It'd be just, please do it. It'd be phenomenal. <laughs> I'll look at that. I'll see if they want. Yeah. 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 Du Duple. Duple. I know you, I know she's a marketer. She's got to do a control group first. Y'all know how that goes. <laughs> so you have, and she's, her camera is frozen again on another amazing screenshot, which is phenomenal, but now she's back. Uh, so yeah, there's four books in this amazing series. Uh, the latest book is coming out when? June 23rd. 
June 23rd. And you can pre-order it now everywhere you can pre-order books? Yep, everywhere. Including oh. indies. Please support indie bookstores. They really, really, really need it a lot more than Amazon. Yes. I, I can't wait till I can just take my book off of Amazon. I am that fucking petty. I'm that petty person that I'm just waiting for the day that I can just take my books off of Amazon. They won't be on Amazon. It's going to be great. Uh <laughs> Um, what's next for, for you, you know, in the series, we were talking on break. Um, you've got, I think there's another book after this and there's more books. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, book five in the series is the last book that's mm-hmm. planned you know, for now. I always leave myself an out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm aiming to get that out in October. So that'll be, you know, everything's wrapped up. That should be the last book out this year. Um, then I've got a spinoff series, same world, different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're, it's going to be, you know, a bit shorter, a bit faster. It's paranormal romance rather than urban fantasy, so it's spicier. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering how my dad's going to take that. My dad reads my books, and I'm like... <laughs> Hi, Dad! <laughs> he reads that one. Yeah. Papa told my dad. <laughs> Not being on board. Yeah, and then I've got also a um, historical fantasy series that started. The first book is done, and sitting in the ether uh, I, I feel so bad right now that you have written all this and I'm still trying to write my third book so you're really making me feel like terrible as an author how many words a day do you write Whitney <laughs> do you do you keep track like some other authors do because I really just want to uh, continue to abuse myself mentally right now I've got that Saturn <laughs> your Saturn will love this yeah um I track word count and then I also track time. So I've got toggle, which is where I just track generally, am I working on a book? Mm-hmm. And I use Forest app to say, what am I doing? Am I writing? Am I editing? Am I formatting? Am I proofreading? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I can usually get 1200 words an hour and maybe max out at four to six hours a day. We not have a Whitney on the podcast. No more. That's it. We're not having her on this show. No, that's, that's not, but that's not a sustainable thing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that right now as an indie author, you do need to publish fast. You know, there's the thing with the algorithm where they're like, oh yeah, yeah every 30 Discord is totally, tr- she's saying like amazing things and then her internet connection talks, cuts out. It's like, it's such a troll. God damn it, Mercury. Uh, now you were saying that the algorithm... <laughs> Um, the algorithm algorithm wants you to have uh, a book every 30, 30 to ninety days, thirty sixty oh, or ninety days. That's crazy. I can't do that. I publish a book every four months, and even that is punishingly fast. Yeah, that is cr- that is that's way that's hard. Than- yeah, that's crazy. And these books are all eighty-five to one hundred and two thousand words. Yeah. So it's. I mean, if you want to do, and honestly, that's part of the success. Of part of my success even as be, as an indie is punishing myself with this pace you know to get these books up. the first book came out june 23rd 2020 mm-hmm. book four coming out a year to the day wow you know in a pandemic a i was working full-time um so there was one point i was working 60 to 80 hours a week with my full-time job and the books and i'm not saying that to glorify it in any way it's mm-hmm. not healthy i burned out i i had to step back from full-time work yeah um but this is a job it's not just a business it's a job and i know we all want to have fun with writing Mm -hmm. (laughs) the job (laughs) i feel like you can have fun at your job that's that's what you Mm -hmm. just just try to have fun 
fun at this at this job of of yeah. Um, ha, ha, you know, we're running out of time, but I I can't leave without tackling this. Um, have you? Would you say that it's been a little bit more difficult for you to break out? Um, because you're a by POC author, um, or would you say that not so much just because you had that really strong marketing background? So even though after those rejection letters, you were like, screw this, I know what I'm doing. Um, and then to kind of piggyback off that, what advice would you give to, you know, um, by POC authors like yourself who, I mean, just from looking the way that we do automatically have another hurdle to jump over? Yeah. I mean, I hesitate to say that any part of succeeding or not succeeding was because of who I am as an author or, you know, who's on the cover of my book. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm a very data driven person. I have nothing to compare it to. Right. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, denigrate another author who has worked, you know, just as hard. Absolutely. Um, you know, that being said, we do keep hearing about, you know, oh, it's hard to sell books with black girls on the cover. I mean, there was a report out of, or a study out of, um, of the UK where I think somebody just flat out said, I can't sell a book with a black girl on the cover. So it's like kind of anecdotally, we hear these things and mm -hmm. think that there might be something behind it. At the same time, like you said, I'm bringing marketing expertise to it. The book has had success across a wide range of people. You know, it's not, like I said, it's not just black folks reading it. It's also white folks. It's all kinds of people who are coming to this book and saying like, okay, yeah, this looks, you know, wild. Um, for people who are, you know, marginalized, um, especially visibly, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever, whatever way, you really just got to trust yourself. Um, I think a lot of us have had the message over our lives that something about our story is not worthwhile or something about our story needs to be changed in order to be, you know, palatable to people who will understand it. And I think the beautiful thing about publishing right now in this time is that we're seeing more and more people saying, no, I'm not going to italicize words in my language. I'm not going to explain this thing just very basically understood in my culture or among people like me so that other people can come through as voyeurs. If I have, you know, if I've had to learn this other culture, they can do this, you know, people who have traditionally been excluded carving out this space and saying like, no, I'm telling my authentic story. And I think as long as you stick to who you are at your heart, your authentic story, and you're telling it in a way that feels right and feels real to you, you will find your audience. It might take some time. It might take some marketing. You'll find them. I love that. I love that so much. And that is a perfect place uh, to end tonight's episode. Whitney, please uh, shout yourself out. Tell people where they can find your website and over on the social medias. And if they want to hire you as a marketer, which I highly recommend they do, uh, let, let's shout that out again as well. Sure. So my website is Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, Hill, H-I-L-L, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S dot com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as write, W-R-I-T-E underscore wherever, W-H-E-R-E-V-E-R. You're making me do all this spelling live. <laughs> you did really good. I'm not spell checking you. I swear. <laughs> um, and then if you are looking for creative coaching, marketing consulting, I am currently accepting a few more clients over at Benu Media. So that's B-E-N-U and then Media. 
There you go. Highly recommend it. Uh, Whitney, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being someone who lives their life so authentically um, and just being a wonderful voice um, for indie publishers out there and anybody who wants to try to break into the market. And hopefully, even if you want to go the traditional publishing route, um, you have learned something today from our talk. I am your host, Crystal Storm. I am a science fiction author, and uh, I hope that you will join us next week right here for episode six of Crystal's Imagination Podcast. We will be live. Uh, we will be talking to Jason from the Think Anonymous YouTube channel. He will be talking to us about crop circles and what's going on with this UAP movement, aka UFOs. I am so excited to talk to I've been dying to talk to somebody who knows some stuff about crop circles, so I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. It's a big research topic for me. It features in uh, Sonarchy Book 3 and some of the other upcoming Sonarchy novels, so we're going to have a great talk. After that, we're going to talk about the paranormal, and then after that, we're going to have another gentleman on who's going to dive into, uh, he's a male witch, uh, and his practice of witchcraft he's written a ton of books about uh, about the craft and the practice so i can't wait to talk to that awesome things coming up in june on chris's imagination podcast check out the archives at chris'simagination.com backslash talk show make sure you're hanging out with us live over on my twitch channel Crystal's Imagination, twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination. You can find me on Twitter at Writer Streamer, on Instagram at Crystal's Imagination. The only reason it's not Crystal's Imagination on Twitter too is because Twitter has character limits. So let me say again, fuck you, Twitter and your character limits. That's it. We're out. Good night, everybody. <laughs> well, hey, Crystal here. I wanted to thank you personally for joining us for this episode of Crystal's Imagination of the Talk Show. I hope you'll take a quick second to drop us a like, subscribe, leave a comment, and or a review. I would love to hear your feedback. If you have a guest suggestion, drop me a line at talkshow at crystalsimagination.com or you can just send me a note and we can be email buddies. Want more podcasts? You can also check out the serialized fiction podcast of the same name, Crystal's Imagination. You'll find it on my YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out all the information down in the description. Till next time. <laughs>